Welcome to Archie and Me, an Archie Comics podcast. I'm Brandon. And I'm Josh. And we are here at Pops, as always, eating on some great food and talking about a book we love. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about Jughead's Time Police. We're going to be focusing on the 2019 uh, collection of Jughead's Time Police. But we will also be mentioning some of the original miniseries and different adventures Jughead has been throughout time. So the creative team... For the 2019 series is the story by Sina Grace, art by Derek Charm, lettering by Jack Morelli, and coloring by Matt Herms. This is a book club episode that you and I have been talking about and, and excited about for quite a while because we love the creative team. We obviously love Jughead. And this story is just fun. For sure. And, you know, time travel just is, is such a big story trope. You know, shows that you, Doctor Who, come on. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's so prevalent throughout media and entertainment that it's just like putting Jughead with time. It just made sense. Total sense. And, it's, you know, as we, as you sort of teased at the beginning, Jughead has a history of these kind of time travel stories going all the way back to the late eighties. And a future. And, and a future. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking about all the comics, um, time travel things. Like recently I was reading Walter Simonson's Fantastic Four mm. and the Time Variance Authority shows up. And, you know, DC has, um, what's time, his name? Time Masters and Rip Rip Hunter. Rip Hunter, what a name. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's something that's so prevalent throughout our culture that I feel like everyone has some sort of time travel media that they, you know, they enjoy. Oh, yeah, for sure. What was some of the time travel media that you loved when you were a kid? So thinking of as, as a kid, I was trying to remember specifically, but um, I did think about communities, which which I didn't watch as a kid, but as a younger a younger gentleman, I was thinking about you know uh, Abed and watching that Time Police show. Oh yeah, Inspector Space Time. Inspector Space Time, uh, which was so much fun. And I'm trying to think as a kid, I'm pretty sure the Power Rangers traveled through time at some point. Mm-hmm. I was a big Power Rangers head. Well, I I know that uh, I'm a little bit younger than you, so this is probably after your time, but. Growing up as a kid, I loved the show Phil from the Future. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think was uh, Disney, maybe? Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, the, the traveling family from the future stuck in the present, and they had a caveman with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great stuff. But I, I also fell in love with Back to the Future from a very young age. Oh, yeah. And so that, that dominated the time travel thoughts I had as a kid, that trilogy. Before we get too deep into uh, this episode, I do want to mention there's going to be spoilers for the series. You should go check it out as always. But some of the things in the older miniseries, and when I, you know, it's a little hard to explain because the first Jughead's Time Police collection has a mini, like a miniseries Jughead's Time Police, but there's also individual issues where Jughead has traveled through time. But there seems to be similar periods of time that whenever you read a time travel series that people want to go to, mm-hmm. you know, dinosaur times. People want to go to medieval times where King mm-hmm. Arthur was. And, and you know, if it's American comics, usually there's a traveling to the Revolutionary War. Yes, uh, of course, of mm-hmm. course. 
And I feel like there's so many people who have influenced <laughs> the Revolutionary War, <laughs> not just in Jughead stories, but other shows that there must have been a, those time travelers just didn't cross yeah. paths. Was was Wishbone a time traveler? Um, well, they did, you know, H.G. Uh, Wells, The Time Machine. Oh, well. There you go. That episode scared me. <laughs> okay, there's some scary monsters in that episode. If you don't believe me, go back, look up a clip right now. Okay, I will, I'll do it right now. All right, pause. I didn't look it up. Okay. <laughs> well, you're, you're, so, yeah, you're right, though. I mean, uh, the whole Jughead's Time Police... That concept um, came in 1988 in an issue of Archie Giant series uh, number 590. It was a story called Back from the Future. And that really established these characters, established the story. And then it came back as a miniseries just a couple years later. But in that first issue, you get the whole idea of, what is, what is her name, uh, McAndrews? Yeah, McAndrews, January McAndrews. It, yeah, she is a, a, a descendant of Archie. Why is it McAndrews? I don't know. Some Irish influence at some <laughs> yeah. point down the line. Down the line, they're like, we're we're bringing back our heritage. We're yes, adding yeah. the Mick, Mick, Mick Andrews. But she comes and and it's the very classic, you know. I need you to save the time, you know, the, <laughs> save the world through time. And Jughead is recruited into this futuristic society called the Time Police of people who solve sort of uh, people solve problems created by people mucking about with time. And often it is Jughead who, like, <laughs> he creates the problem and fixes it, which is fine. You know, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. appreciate someone, you know, <laughs> they're taking the initiative to fix their own problems. Yep. But it is often he did something to create this. Uh, something that also carries on throughout the whole series and the modern series is that the futuristic museum, the Jughead mm. Museum, which I love... This in the old series. This is some uh, when Rex Lindsay does the art. It's some of my. F- it's my favorite Rex Lindsay art I've seen. Seen him do the futuristic stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he does some incredible art in in these issues and in this series. It's very fun. It's very sci-fi. Uh, some of the machines mm-hmm. that are shown uh, sort of gave me kind of Doctor Seuss vibes. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's kind of playing with the more wacky kind of futuristic design rather than the more like Jack Kirby giant angular machines and buttons kind of a thing it's it's more more of the kind of weird makes no sense dr seussian style i guess yeah because i think sometimes um i don't know if it's necessarily a critique but some a commentary about sci-fi in general is that it can be like dry like everything's like sterile and dry Mm -hmm. and the architecture is very you know straight lines and stuff but this is so much fun i feel like yeah and, and we should say that the reason that there's a museum with a jughead exhibit and everything in the future is that according to canon, uh, Jughead does some amazing things and wins a Nobel Prize and saves humanity. And so he is this huge figure in the future. Probably, but the reason he probably saved humanity is a, probably a problem that he caused. <laughs> <laughs> and I love these, there's like these little cards or badges that says Forsyth P. Jones, Deputy Marshal, that shows up. And I, I want one. I want one too. Can someone please make me that pin? <laughs> yes. I'll put it on my denim jacket. Yes, I am one of those people. Um <laughs> Or even a badge. I'll, I'll learn how to sew. Yeah. Or even one of those like uh, buttons, like campaign buttons, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. One thing I wanted to talk to you about, too, is is that in this, uh, in the, you know, 1988 and then obviously in the miniseries from 1990 to 1991, one of the big 
parts of the story, Jughead's Time Police, is the romance of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, a, yeah. It's a very romantic story. Um, Jughead and January McAndrews fall in love, but they are kind of separated by, you know, eight centuries or whatever it is. And I think you were talking about in, in an episode from a few weeks ago, was this, was this early, sort of early 90s, late 80s, was this a period where writers were really experimenting with writing Jughead as a romantic character? I really think so, yeah. I think they were making that change because it's not, we're not seeing that side of him where he's like, ew, girls, you know, I'm not interested. Yeah, he's head over heels in love with her and, and she returns the favor. There's some kissing. There's some kissing. There's a lot of hearts floating over people's heads. Some kissing and some hugging. <laughs> Again, it's, does it, is it ever revealed, like I'm forgetting, that... You know, January is Archie's descendant. Does Jughead ever find that out? I know there's t- there's a moment where she almost does. I don't think it's ever revealed. Ooh, uh, I thought that uh, I thought that they had revealed it, but then as you were asking the question, I doubted myself. So now I'm not quite sure. I'm down myself. The real question is, okay, uh, Archie and whose uh, descendant? Bad. Maybe that's the question I'm thinking. And of. that is that is there is definitely an issue in this early collection where. Where uh, she may McAndrews is maybe about to say because I think Jughead one of the first questions Jughead asks is you know who does Archie end up with <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and she, and McAndrews was basically like well I tell you but like we gotta go we're in a rush I can't I can't talk about that was which is such fun uh, Archie meta commentary yes you know because meta jokes can be you know hit or miss but that's just such a good little joke for the readers yes. You know? Um, somehow it is Betty and Veronica <laughs> are both. And, and the, you know, the, the creator team didn't pick sides because they gave her red hair. Yes. Exactly. So they avoided the choice between blonde or black. And she kept her maiden name, you know, Andrews, name. So. Mm-hmm. Also, she's styling. I love her outfit. For sure. Yes. Again, the futuristic stuff, it is that fun futuristic stuff that I feel like if you read some other future stories, the looks are outdated. Mm-hmm. But I think these are not outdated. Like, I feel like it does that futuristic stuff well. And it, like, I'm thinking of... You're saying it's timeless. Timeless, yes. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> yes, timeless. Um, I just think the design is really good and all the outfits and stuff. And it reads future without feeling dated. Totally. Yeah, I completely agree. And the writing is really fresh, too. The writing doesn't doesn't date the, the story either. The writing mm-hmm. feels... Um, just as fresh now as I'm sure it did back 30 years ago now. I know that we're going to spend most of the time talking about the the new or newish uh, um, Cena Grace and, and Derek Charm series. But the last thing I want to mention about, about this older run is that it establishes that the famous Colonel Pickens uh, from Pickens Park was actually old Jughead traveling back to the Civil War. He's wearing like a, yeah, yeah. They have this Jughead on reserve. That's like an old Jughead. <laughs> clone. He's yeah, a clone, yeah. He's a clone, like just in case. I do have to laugh at some of these things that Jughead shows up for. Like, I'm just going to read off a few. He's at the Gettysburg Address. <laughs> he's when Moses parted the Red Sea, where they're like, they're deciding that's historical fact. You know? yeah. The most part of the Red Seas. The Titanic, he shows up at. Oh, yeah. Um, but Brandon, I'm going to need you... I'm controversial thing right here. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. I'm going to need you to turn to page 151. Okay. I am there. Okay. And this is the most unappealing picture of a spoonful of peanut butter I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Would you agree? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of art is great. You know, and I don't know if this is Rex Lindsay or someone else. Sorry if it is. 
But that just does not look like an appealing spoonful of peanut butter. Well, okay. Now that you've got me examining this page, you know, you've heard of creamy peanut butter. You've heard of chunky peanut butter. Uh, the jar of peanut butter in this comic is called sticky peanut butter. <laughs> it's, it's extra sticky. It's extra sticky. I don't think that's what people are looking for in their peanut butter. No, no. Now we're going to jump into Jughead's Time Police, the 2019 series. And, Brandon, let's start off with the art. Yes. Eric Charms and Matt Herm's fantastic, fantastic art. I think it's safe to say that uh, during Jughead January this month, we have both fallen in love, hit over heels, with Eric Charms' Jughead art. Yeah, I mean, his art in general. I specifically went and bought uh, him and Ryan North did a Constantine, like a Kid Constantine series. Oh, I haven't read that one. I, I loved it. Love the art. But something that really stands out to me is just that his ability to change and try new things. Because his art in the 2015 series, mm-hmm. where he followed Erica Henderson, is different than this art. It is, art. yeah. And it really stands out. I feel like, you know, in the 2015 one, you're following someone else. You have the main Archie line, and you're trying, to, you know, I imagine, you know, make an assumption that you're trying to take your style and keep your style, but fit in with what has come before you. And I feel like this is really, you know, we're seeing Derek Charm do his own thing and make and continue to make the style and evolve the Jughead style. Yeah, totally. And you know, we talked about Rex Lindsay and, and his approach to sort of the sci-fi elements of that mm-hmm. miniseries. And Derek Charm has a very different approach, but it's just as great. I love it. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a sort of a slick uh, retro futurism kind of approach to mm-hmm. to especially in the scenes where 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 it shows the future, it shows eight, eight centuries from now. He's got just a really great eye for making it very playful, but also very um, future-y. Because mm-hmm. even the character designs of the characters from the future that, you know, they're background characters or we just see them, you know, in panels, are really well thought out and fun. And their hair, the haircuts, I think that's something that can often giveaway if it's an older book or something is what hairstyles they decide Mm -hmm. and there's just so many different fun hairstyles in this book and just to just to touch on spoilers already uh one thing i loved about derek's art in this is that multiple jugheads appear throughout the the series and even jugheads from different uh mediums Mm -hmm. so we get to see uh was it (laughs) remind me the werewolf jughead what is his name uh, Jughead the Werewolf. Yeah, is it, well, it's like it's like Were Jug Jug. That's the one that I don't remember. Yeah, that's the one we always forget. I feel <laughs> yeah. like, and also, uh, you know, maybe not my favorite one. If I'm gonna say, uh, I, you keep going. I'm, I'm gonna look it up. Okay, look it up. Look it up. But Werewolf Jug appears from Jughead the Hunger. Uh, we also see the Jughead, the zombie Jughead from Afterlife with Archie. And one of my favorites is that we see the Riverdale Archie from the TV show Cole Sprouse. And the reason I bring this up is because Derek is able to draw all these different Jugheads in a way that, like, keeps the style or the looks of whatever the original thing he's adapting them from. So, like, he draws the Riverdale Jughead in this book like Cole Sprouse. Mm -hmm. I think we also have to give a lot of credit to Matt Herms, too, for making the coloring distinctive with all the characters. Because that's another way that it really comes across as in how it's colored. I'm pretty sure it is where Jug. You know, just to clarify that. Uh, But yeah, I think the coloring really... They're a great team. Yes. Derek Charm and Matt Herms. I'm assuming that Derek does the inking too? 
I believe so, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, just the line art, everything just works. It's a very cohesive package. And again, I love Archie's design. We see the Archie's the band. And part of the story is that Jughead's not coming to rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And Archie's wearing this cutoff sleeve shirt. And I'm like, all right, go ahead, Archie. Go ahead. <laughs> rock it. I want to see the Archie's play now. He's and, and then the shirt says rock, but spelled W. Or sorry, spelled R-A-W-K. <laughs> Love it. So why does Jughead get into this mess, Brandon? You know what? What happens? Yeah, so it all starts with a pie. He is it making a pie, a pie for a local Riverdale pie contest. Mm-hmm. And he completely screws up the, the making of the pie. And it gets all the judges sick. And it gets permanently banned. Permanently, permanently. banned. Yeah. So he, he cannot come back next year. And there's this great panel where like right after he's told he's permanently band that's like all grays and blacks and it's just a small panel but jughead looks so sad i know it's i felt so bad for him so then he gets invested in inventing a time machine like he's like i'm gonna figure it out and of course he involves dilton dilly exactly yeah he's devastated by this he's like you said he's neglecting the band the archies because he's so focused on this mistake and rectifying this mistake and uh, apparently building a time machine not that hard I love if you notice so yeah, not that hard. I mean they they put in their work, but I love Dilton's design of this and Kevin. Kevin is like a background character who's yeah. like really I think Cena did a really great job of having him just have these little uh side comments that are really funny. Like he's just there for fun when they're like in the time machine building scene, he's laying in a bed reading a book. <laughs> he's and he literally says I had nothing to do with it. I just needed somewhere to study that's actually quiet. <laughs> I love, too, the, the the panels showing Jughead researching how to build a time machine, and then and then he and Dilton do it together. But apparently part of the research to build a time machine not only includes theoretical physics and math, but also he watches a bunch of time time travel movies. Of course, yeah. And buys a bunch of time travel comics. <laughs> you got you to gotta cover your bases. And just looking at this page, we see this uh, hot dog where I love hot dogs design in this where his, 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 do dogs have bangs? <laughs> his bangs are covering his eyes, but you still can see expressions on his face. And I think Cena Grace does a fantastic job of doing the hot dog thought balloons. Yes. Like they're not used, they're, over, they're not overused. And every time they're just hilarious and really funny. Because in um, the earlier miniseries, we do see that Hot Dog is interested in time travel. Yes, yeah. There, there's one issue of that uh, of the 1990 series where he goes on his own adventure, and he and Hot Dog messes some stuff up, and Jughead has to go behind him and try to fix it. Yeah, something we didn't mention earlier is one of the reasons he can travel through time is his time beanie. Yes, and that makes a reappearance in, in this 2019 um, comic where that's how he travels through time. He pushes. One of the pins that's on his uh, on his cap. So we're not going to go beat through beat through the story, but I do want to mention that you know Jughead wants to go back in time to try to fix this you know cooking contest incident, and January McAndrews shows up and is like, "Hey, you're you're kind of messing things up because you saw he ran into himself in the past." Yeah, and that's that's number one time travel mistake. You know, you don't want to see yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. And she's she has the looper scooper. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, the looper scooper. It's like it's like the uh, it's like the the thing from Men in Black. Basically. Yeah, 
It erases the memories you shouldn't have created. <laughs> so basically, she's like, Jughead Prime, you need to chill out, and then we'll get you back in time just for your show. Like, let's just chill out for a second, let things fix themselves, and I'll get you back. And we get a wonderful last page reveal. Cena Grace, fantastic writing. Derek Charm, wonderful, classic, like, futuristic background where we see a classically styled Jughead, would you say? Yeah, yeah, def- drawn, drawn in the classic. Uh, the very long nose. Very long nose. A little bit vintage clothing, maybe. Mm-hmm. And he obviously, it looks like him and January embracing, looks like they just kissed. And he reveals that something is up. Yeah, like may- maybe in this in this reboot, January McAndrews is maybe the antagonist here. Yeah, we don't know. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And, uh, and she's, like you said, she's working with a Jughead from another, I guess, I guess another dimension. Yeah. Evil Jughead, like Evil Abed from Community. <laughs> Which is such an interesting thing with time travel is like, you just assume every, the person you're following is the protagonist, or you just assume that their perspective is the right perspective. Yeah. Like, they have to be the main one because they're the one we're following. And I feel like that's something that's addressed in here where it's like, hey, just because you're the one the, the one the story's following doesn't mean you're the main Jughead. <laughs> Right, and and to even dive deeper into that, you know, every every villain is the hero of their own story, right? And mm-hmm. I love, you know, Cena's uh, writing. There's that great in that in the first sort of part of the next issue after that big reveal you talked about, um, this sort of classic Jughead and January are talking, and classic Jughead is referring to Jughead Prime as the evil Jughead. Yeah, yeah. So from his perspective, the Jughead that we know and love is the evil one. Yeah. So so far we got. Jughead Prime, we got classic Jughead. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Don't wear, we got wear jug. <laughs> right. So I, I just I love uh, it, first of all this facial expressions of of everybody is great, but I love the I love the facial expressions of, of classic Jughead. But classic Jughead, he's like, uh, what does he say? He says he talks. He's talking to January McAndrews. He's like, so the evil Jughead's going to be sound asleep in his room tonight, unaware that this is his last night before the big sleep. Talking about killing Jughead Prime. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But talking about killing somebody while saying that, oh no, they're the evil one. I'm the good one. So basically Jughead Prime walks in on them kind of talking about their evil plan or, you know, their plan. And he's like, I got to get out of there. He figures out and he steals one of the time travel caps and he escapes to Hamburg. Hamburg, of course. And I I love in this first Hamburg page, we get Hot Dog at the bottom doing a classic commentary on what just happened, saying like, I know it's disputed <laughs> where the first hamburger, hamburger was created. People were just putting meats on bread all over the place. <laughs> just go with us. It's a story. I, I just love that little uh, comment <laughs> at the bottom. So at the end of this Hamburg issue where, of course, everyone all the time, detectives are like, yeah the time police or whatever, they're like, yeah, that's where he would go to the invention of the first hamburger. It's not a good place to hide. Someone saves him, and we get the reveal of old man Jughead. Yep. A different old man Jughead than in Archie versus the world. Which is definitely... Uh, also, oh, sorry, I'm okay. sorry to interrupt. But also, no one is calling these people old man Jughead, no, except no. for me. Yes. <laughs> so take that for what it's worth. Right, 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 and it's it's obviously a homage to to Marvel's Cable, mm-hmm. right? Even down to the the cover of the issue, um, with him is 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 laid out exactly like the cover of Cable's original appearance. Mm-hmm. So he he is like the 
you know, grizzled, old, muscular jughead that is traveling through time to to try to basically he's a good guy. Yes. He's a good guy. And what's sort of becoming clear uh, during these issues is that classic jughead maybe is manipulating January McAdams McAdams <laughs> McAndrews a bit. And a classic Jughead is telling her that, like, basically, Jughead Prime, he's standing in the way of our love. Mm-hmm. He is going to ruin what we've got going on, and that's why we've got to stop him. And they, they're like, at one point, they're like searching across the, uh, what would you call it? Searching across almost the uh, the the multiverse, almost the archiverse, got, yeah, the archiverse, yeah. They're like at a computer screen, like trying to find out where uh, Jughead Prime is going. And you see, like, the super teens, and you see what looks like a panel that that's Riverdale, the TV show. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to track him down. And one of the things they decide to do is they decide they need some muscle. So Classic Jughead decides to bring through, via a portal, Werewolf Jug from Jughead the Hunger. And we, you know, we kind of find that Classic Jughead... He he wants it all. You know, he wants to be able to... He doesn't want to live in just his boring Riverdale. He wants to be able to do everything and do whatever he wants. Yeah. And that's kind of his main motivation, which, you know, through... You can't just do whatever you want with time travel. That's how you destroy all the timelines. So, you know, as we're flipping through here, looking at things, I want to mention... Okay, we were right. It is Jughead Prime. And one of the character concept sketches, we do see Jughead Prime. And then classic Jughead is labeled... Jughead 1941. But for continuity, you know, continuity's all over the place in this episode. We'll say classic. <laughs> yeah, we'll, classic say, we'll say classic. There's this great... Uh, oh, so are we still going to say Old Man Jughead for yes. the cable? Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, good. Uh-huh. So uh, Old Man Jughead is basically the one who, you know, th- through that character, the, the sort of what's going on is finally revealed. And like you said, uh, this sort of classic 1941 Jughead, he doesn't want to stick to his boring life, like you said. He wants to basically experience all the sort of the majesty that is the multiverse of Jugheads. And Jughead Prime, our Jughead, when he, you know, basically created time travel in order to solve his pie problem, that messed up the plan, right? Mm-hmm. That screwed everything up because now all of a sudden there's this sort of wild card element introduced. Yeah. Which is a classic Jughead trait, you know? Yeah. You, you know, you never know what he's going to do. Yeah, there's this great there's this great line from Old Man Jughead where he's like, you know, uh, the thing that he, you know, being the classic evil Jughead, didn't see through is that you can't take that many toys out of the box without consequences. You break too many watches. How the hell are you going to tell time, you know? And something we have to talk about with Old Man Jughead is the concept of the last burger. He comes from a post-apocalyptic time where there's this concept of the last burger ever made. And he like offers it to uh, Prime Jughead and he's like, I can't eat it. I can't eat it. And it shows back up later and he offers it to classic 1941 Jughead. Who at this point has this like um, time crown, like it's like a yeah. gold. Uh, that's one of the fun things is like future old man Jughead has a cool. They, all the crown designs are so cool in this. Oh, totally. And and not just indicative of the characters and what they're adapted from, but they're just fun to look at. Yeah, fun design choices. And one thing I love about this book, too, is that obviously all these different jugheads from different stories that we love and different adaptations are, are being brought in. And it's really kind of a love letter to Jughead as a character, but not only not only as a singular character, but it's a love letter to all the ways people have interpreted Jughead. Mm-hmm. There's this great line where, you know, 
Jughead uh, Prime is talking to, to the old man Jughead. And he's like, so what you're saying is I'm the Jughead of all the Jugheads? And uh, and the, the you know, his, his older self responds, no, that's the whole point, is that there's no single best Jughead that's better mm-hmm. than all the others. You know, basically saying, like, they're all equally valid, they're all equally Jughead. And that's definitely, I think that's that's making a meta comment on the fact that, like, your favorite characters can have all these different interpretations and they all be legit and they all be great. For sure. All Jugheads are valid, even Grubhead. You know, the, <laughs> the Jughead made all out of burgers. Yes. Which, apparently, he was delicious. Yeah. Oh, no. I wonder if he made an appearance in here and I just I just missed him. I didn't see it, but, I, you know, it could have been in one of the panel that I missed. So, you know, he gets back, eventually gets back and makes it in time to play the gig. And it made me think about the beginning where he's listening to music. And I was thinking, what kind of music do you think Jughead listens to? Mm. There's a fan where he, there's a time like way back when he's a jazz fan. But I don't know if this Jughead is a jazz fan. I love that idea. Um, I don't know. I kind of picture him as like a, you know, garage emo rock kind of guy. Okay. So maybe like a early 2000s indie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was, he was jamming out to Neutral Milk Hotel, I think. <laughs> Something I wanted to mention was that at the end, they, um, the pri- they don't win the prize for the Battle of the Bands, but they do end up, they still get to go see Jenny Lewis. Yep. And I was, I don't know the story of this, but I know Cena Grace has done some of the art for Jenny Lewis for some of her um, merch and stuff. Yeah. And I wonder if, which came first, you know, did they have that working relationship or did, you know, Cena write Jenny Lewis in this as a fan? <laughs> it was like, it, that's how they, I'm really interested in the story. Yeah. And this was, this was, was this coming out at the same time the Archie series was coming out? And, and I know in that series, they were meeting real live bands like Tegan and Sarah and mm-hmm. and and uh, stuff like that. So I wonder, like, it was just playing with uh, having these real artists appear in, in the world of Archie. Okay, we're going to have to do the Archies soon because I really want to know more about their musician selves as a musician. Yes, yes. Hmm. We'll fit it in somewhere. <laughs> a couple of things I really liked from this book. Uh, one, there's a moment where... Uh, evil Jughead, classic Jughead, whatever we're calling him, sort of summons... Evil classic 1941 Jughead. Yes. Summons, you know, all the Jugheads from different... Yeah. From the multiverse to come fight for him. There's a great few pages of that fight. It's awesome. I, there's a great moment where, you know, Cole Sprouse as Jughead yeah. from Riverdale is in, and Cena writes him exactly like he, you know, he talks in the show, which was great. Um, and then someone's like... It punches the Cole Sprouse... The Riverdale Jughead, and it's like, oops, I think I punched the wrong one. <laughs> After he's having this very serious commentary. Yes, yes, of course. I also just love the message in this story. Um, you know, it's it's a time travel fun adventure story, but mm-hmm. really at the heart of it, it's it's a story about what I think the best Archie stories are about, which is about this, these friends. And there's this great moment where you know, Jughead Prime basically is kind of giving a speech to everybody, giving a speech to evil Jughead. And he basically is like, you know, let's stop always focusing on this idea of like the grass is greener mm-hmm. of that. Oh, we need to fix the past or fix the timeline to create a better future. Or if I only had this life or if this, if only this had happened instead of, instead of the other thing happening, then finally I'd be happy and finally be great. And he says that like, we need to, jettison that idea and just focus on the idea of living in the moment Mm -hmm. accepting the conditions of our life as they are and not neglecting the things that are around us 
And and I think, you know, Cena's great writing in this, that is set up in the very beginning. Yes. Because Jughead is not necessarily paying attention to all the ingredients he's grabbing. He's not present in the moment when he's cooking. Yep. And again, that's a little, like, little seed he planted that pays off at the end. It's perfectly bookended. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I think that that, you, you get that great speech, and then you immediately cut to him back in the Archies, and he's giving it his all. He's he's actually giving his attention to his friends, to his obligations. And like you said, even though they don't win, uh, that's not the point. They win friendship. They win friendship, yeah. <laughs> I won't spoil this thing, but there is a great moment with Hot Dog at the on the very last page that made me so so happy. Uh, I just, I, you know, I'm a Hot Dog fan for sure. But we have these great variant covers at the end. We have a Tyler Boss cover, and something I wanted to mention. Of course, we have we have Francesca Francavia and Robert Hack doing wow. variant covers, but I feel like these are very different styles that than you usually see from them. Like, they're recognizable as their art, but it's not the same um, horror styles that we usually see from them. And I just thought it was really fun to see that uh, from Frank Avia and Robert Hack. Oh, yeah. I mean, I want that Frank Avia one framed in my apartment right now. I also love that at least least two of these variant covers are directly inspired by Back to the Future, Mm -hmm. which is great. And I love the um, Greg Smallwood uh, issue five cover that he did. Where it is all the different jugheads from different realities punching each other, <laughs> amazing. And then, uh, and, and I mean, I know you and I both stand Greg Smallwood, but yeah. he, he he too, like Derek, does a great job of like drawing each of these characters differently. I love this scene of Grace one where they all have very different sunglasses and they all look like Hot Dog <laughs> looks so cool. <laughs> I just think this is a mini series done right. You know, we get a complete story. It could keep going. But it tells a self, you know, it tells a story yep. across a few, like a few issues, but also each issue by itself is so much fun. Oh, totally. And it's a great companion piece to the Jughead series we talked about a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, again, just really does a great job of understanding this character and telling stories that really you know, tell you more about Jughead. And it does a great job of referencing the series that it's based off of. Yes. But I don't think you necessarily need to have read that to enjoy this one. Totally, yeah. No, agreed. Well, I see Pop walking over. Looks like a check in his hands. It's a futuristic check. <laughs> it's a futuristic check. I'm wondering uh, if we had a multiverses of Pops. Uh, all the different Pops. What would, what would they look like? I don't know. But I have a question for you, Josh, as we always end mm-hmm. these episodes. Uh, the obvious one would be if you had a time machine and go back in time, what period would you go to? But that's too obvious. So I'm going to ask, if you had a time machine and you can go into the future, how many years into the future would you go? Um, if, you know, I'm trying to think of, you know, could I, could I value it in time or can I just say, can I go to the future where I'm really rich? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> so that's, I'll say that's in five years, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I thought about it, and as curious as I would be to see how my personal life would play out, you know, to say, oh, 20 years or 30 years from now, 
that's too scary to me. Like, oh, no, that's, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. So I would rather be super impersonal about it and say, okay, let's see what humanity looks like in 500 years. 500 years. Ooh, yeah, it's so interesting. That would be fascinating to me. So I'm going to do that way. So that way nobody's feelings get hurt. No, it's not good. <laughs> um, I'd also travel to the future where I already edited this episode. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oh, look, I already did it. Don't even have to spend time doing it. <laughs> I would travel to the future where this episode is number one on Apple. Oh, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> That's over all podcasts. Right. Oh, we must have really said something to get it, <laughs> get it that high up. <laughs> Your heart out, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Boo. Archie is, is king now. Everything's Archie. Yeah, everything's Archie. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. You can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Archie and me. And, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review from the past or the future. Yeah. Know? Oh, if we got a future review, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Um, we'll look forward to talking to y'all next week. Bye. I'm no Betty or Veronica, not even 